Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, you had a pretty busy day today. Heard you took a road trip. Tell me about it. L.J., my mom and I took a trip to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. It was our first time going in five years, I think, and uh, certainly well worth it. Uh, Just such a fun museum to walk around. Saw so many cool things. Uh, Just an absolutely amazing experience that I'm so lucky that I'm able to do, and I only live about an hour and a half away, hour 45 minutes. So it's uh, really, really cool to see all the plaques and, of course, all the different exhibits. Uh, LJ, have you been to the Hall of Fame? I have, but it has been a very long time. I'm trying to think. It's got to be at least seven years. Oh, yeah. You you 100% got to get back there. You would love it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, it's just, you know, more and more of those things, the more you learn, the more things have meaning to you there, I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, especially since we started this show and not even that, but I mean, five, five years ago, I wasn't nearly as into the MLB as I am now. And just seeing some old players and like seeing, you know, even like a guy like Tris Speaker, who like I had never, five, five years ago, I had barely heard of him come to find out I mean this is one of the greatest players in the history of the game and I'm seeing his bat and his glove and his uh cleats from the world series I mean it's it's truly amazing LJ they also have um some stuff from the 2021 season there already uh they have Tony LaRusse's hat because he uh, when he passed uh, whoever was number two all time on the managerial wins earlier in the year from that game, they have uh, Tim LaCastro's cleats from when he broke the record for right, right. Of stolen bases. Uh, they had a Shohei Otani bat from just some home run that he hit this year. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and 
just a lot of cool stuff. I mean, a Juan Soto home run ball from game one of the World Series. They just have just sitting out there on display. I mean, just such cool stuff, just such random stuff you wouldn't even think of. And that's that's what makes that place so great. And then, of course, the actual plaque part where you get to walk around and read everyone's plaques. Uh, I had a much more appreciation for the Negro Leaguers this time, especially after I was able to look into some of their stats, guys like Josh Gibson and Cool Papa Bell, and even guys like Satchel Paige, who started off there and then went to the majors. It was cool to read all their plaques and everything. But uh, yeah, overall, just a fantastic experience. And LJ, uh, you 100% got to get there. Un- easily, yeah. This isn't the way I probably should be looking at this, but for people that aren't nearly as big a baseball fan, to put it in perspective, I think an interesting thing to look at, I'm not sure if they have that number written down anywhere, but an estimated worth for the items in the collection. Because, I mean, you you think about it. I mean, if I'm correct, last month, Shohei Otani, a Shohei Otani all-star jersey that was never even worn by him, certainly wasn't game-worn, went for, like, a huge sum, and this is really his first year of relevance. And then you look at some, you look at some of the baseball cards they have out there. This stuff is absolutely legendary status in terms of what it could garner, cost it could garner if it was out in the open market. So again, it just goes to show how amazing this collection is and how special baseball is that there's so many things that people value so much. And not to mention like even some of the new stuff, but think about like, or at least the way I saw it, you walk in and it's showing you balls from like games that were in 1870, 1880. I mean, glove from Cy Young, just like they have all these different memorabilia from players that played so long ago, like a Babe Ruth bat from game use in the World Series. I mean, can you even put a price on that at this point? Like, it's just, it's it's absolutely absurd. I don't even think you can estimate a total worth of everything in there because there's just some stuff that you can't appraise. No, and that's not even considering the amount of history, like the history lessons in there. Yeah. Like we're talking about just the stuff, the amount of things that even true baseball fans can learn from that building is crazy. Like no matter how much you read, you're going to be able to find something new while you're there. Certainly if you've never been there, I need to get back out. But if you've never been there, go check it out. Well, LJ, we have quite a big series that started tonight. Game is ongoing right now between the Astros and the Dodgers. The Astros are up one nothing. LJ, the the Astros enter 64 and 42, the Dodgers 64 and 43. The Astros played the Do- or the Giants uh, last week. What do you think? Is this is this a bigger series? This absolutely is a bigger series because correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time back in Dodger Stadium with fans, right? The first time that the Astros are back in Dodger Stadium with fans since Game 7 of the 2017 World Series, which they won. As of right now, for those who are listening, while we're recording, it's currently the bottom of the fourth inning, and it is 1-0 Houston in this game. Yeah, this is absolutely a gigantic series, and – it's entirely of the Dodgers making mostly out of ingrate ingrate uh, mostly out of ingratitude. This is a huge series because you look at this Dodgers fan base. They, they can't fully, it feels like they can't fully accept this last world series that they won until they feel they have justice for the one that they lost. Like it just, it still seems like if you go online, you've got so many irate Dodgers fans out there that are still pissed over losing to Houston when Houston was cheating, that they're going to continue to make Astros and Astros fans lives hell until they feel they're satisfied. And it's like, 
you you've won. I, I mean, I, I understand your pain, but I mean, you look at the Yankees fans, the Yankees fans have almost as much of a claim to it as the Dodgers fans. And yet for the most part, they've all carried on with their lives and the Yankees haven't even won a world series in this decade to kind of offset that. So, I mean, they're just going to keep making this a big deal for who knows how long, but this is the first time that they really get a chance to show how mad they are in full force, because even when they were the away team, you could tell that the fans came to Houston when they got the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when you talk about how important this series is, the Dodgers just got back Corey Seager, right? So now they basically have a almost full strength lineup. I mean, it's pretty scary. I believe Max Scherzer starting tomorrow, which is really exciting, especially because this is only a two game series. And you got Walker Bueller tonight, Max Scherzer tomorrow. And then for Houston, it was uh, Lance McCullers tonight and Jake Odorizzi tomorrow. So the Dodgers, look, if they want to win this NL West, they got to pick up both of these games here. I mean, this is big time games that we're getting into the last two months of the year, LJ. This is when we start to scoreboard watch a lot. Uh, this is this is crunch time now. Yeah, this is going to be also, you're going to start to think about what are the turning points of seasons. And a lot of teams' seasons are over. I think we've really caught it down to, Brendan, would you say maybe eight, nine teams in each league that really see themselves as playoff contenders? Yeah, so that, that – that group has already narrowed itself down, but now you're going to start to see more and more of them kind of either bow out of the playoff race or bow out of the World Series contention race. And teams are going to ask, okay, what was the turning point? And it very well could be for either side, make or break a series like Houston and the Dodgers, a series like San Francisco, New York Mets, um, even the Subway Series to begin, uh, when is that? That's, that's 9-11, right? Yeah, they have the subway series that weekend. So there's a lot of huge stretches, huge competition that could easily make or break team seasons right now. Yeah, LJ, like I like I said, scoreboard watching, uh, especially for the Red Sox now, because you are up in the wild card, at least the first wild card. But you're, you are on a bit of a slide. Uh it, it absolutely is scoreboard watching season. I've been doing a bit of uh, looking into, you know, strength of schedules for the rest of the year and trying to figure out really who's in it, who's not, who I need to be rooting for uh, as a Yankees fan, who I, who I need to be rooting against. So I'm getting ready for it, but also trying to get a little bit of geared up for the NFL as we have our fantasy draft coming up soon. So we got a lot going on this month and I go back to college. So big, big month. Absolutely. But yeah, I guess in terms of what would you say your biggest expectations are for these two games, the environment, the overall level of play? Oh, well, from, from everything that I've seen so far tonight, I mean, it feels like a postseason game there in a Dodger stadium. I mean, it's jam packed. And it's a Tuesday night, you know, LA's usually the fans show up in the third, fourth inning, the first inning, it was packed. People want to see Jose Altuve strike out if you're a Dodgers fan. And I'm sure that there's a handful of Astros fans out in California as well that uh, are there right now as well. And as for expectations, I mean, look, you got Walker Bueller and Max Scherzer going for the Dodgers, expecting great pitching. Uh, of course, both offenses have superstars all around. I mean, so far in this game, we haven't had a lot of hits so far, but just exciting grinded out at bats. I mean, even when teams aren't getting a lot of hits and if they're grinding out at bats, taking a lot of pitches, fouling off, you know, 
two strike pitches. That's what separates these good teams from from the rest. It's the guys who really grind it out every single at bat, and that's how you win games and stack up those those Ws to be able to make it to the postseason. That honestly sounds like kind of the perfect game. The more you describe it, what you have potential for here between the Astros and the Dodgers. Because you think about it, we always say we like to see starters do really well, but we also like to see scoring. But the answer to that, I think, is you have great pitching, great starting pitching, which the Dodgers have. And when the Astros are hot, their rotation is one of, one of if not the best in baseball. They've proven that before this season. So if you can get these grinded out at bats where, like tonight, there's not a lot of hits the pitchers are winning, the starters are winning throughout this game, and you end up in a 1-0, 2-0, game in the fifth, sixth inning, and then all of a sudden the starters getting pulled a little earlier than they normally would. All of a sudden, then the scoring starts to ramp up when you get into those bullpens. That sounds like the ideal formula for a quality baseball game to me. Yeah, and it's why uh, that's – probably the big reason why those are Dodgers Padres games in April, in April were so good. Both teams were pretty much healthy. Uh, we saw great plays all around, but we also saw great pitching. Remember we had that one game, you Darvish versus Clayton Kershaw, where I believe it ended up one, nothing, right. Where, you know, we just saw a great performance all around. And as a fan, you know, you look in the box score and you say one, nothing, that game must've been boring to watch. It absolutely wasn't. The teams were still getting hits. They were still walking. They were grinding out the at-bats. And those are the games that if you're at in person, I mean, you absolutely love to see because you're getting into the at-bat more and more each pitch. You're really getting into the game. And then when a pitcher is pitching so well, any base runner you can get, I mean, the next at-bat, it just intensifies so much. And then when you add the stakes of who these two, you know, what these two teams are, what the Astros did and how the Dodgers feel about them. I mean, this is one of the most exciting regular season uh, series that we're going to see this year. And it's a shame that it's only two games. Uh, two things to piggyback off of that here. The first one is I am sick and tired of hearing people in just about any sport say a low scoring game is boring a low scoring game is is bad to watch and i don't like watching it because if you're watching it for the score and only the score and the score of the game is what dictates whether or not it was an enjoyable game to watch for you then you're not watching in the right way i think i think soccer teaches you this actually better than most sports that it's the momentum swings, the buildup to things, even if that buildup doesn't pay off, that is more rewarding and more enjoyable to watching than just a bunch of scoring. So in this case, you're talking about these one nothing, 2 nothing games. They absolutely can because you get those competitive moments. You get sometimes teams will get a little more risky towards the end of the game trying to create some offense. You get those base running plays that are high energy, everything can be high intensity. That's just, that's baseball. That's fun to watch. The other thing, and something that I, I don't know if, I don't know if we're going to see or not this year, but that doesn't entirely matter. I need to see the Padres get to beat down on the Astros. And particularly you Darvish starting that game, because he is the only guy at this point that I truly feel bad for in that Astros cheating thing, because this man had the vast majority of his career postseason, his postseason profile was based all around the fact that he didn't look good in those postseason games against the Houston Astros and they lost to the Astros. He basically started to get a smaller version of the Clayton Kershaw's a postseason choker uh shtick that Kershaw's had to carry around for so long and then all of a sudden Kershaw gets that lifted off his back because he gets to win but 
you Darvish has yet to get that expunged from his record, but you're still never going to be able to shake that even with the cheating. So I really, honestly, maybe that would be the, if the Red Sox weren't to be in it, that would probably be the World Series matchup I'd be rooting for. So in May, you Darvish did face the Astros. Uh, the Padres won. What's that? In Houston? I can't believe I missed that. In Houston, yes. In Houston. The game went 12 innings. The Padres won 11 to 8. You Darvish went, uh, what I have it? Oh, right here. Five innings, uh, four hits, four earned runs, five Ks. Uh, so a better performance is what I'm asking, really asking for. The Astros bullpen com- completely blew up. I mean, they were winning six to one after the sixth inning and they went on to lose 11 to eight so well to be fair that's exactly why they've done so many trades at this deadline but yeah that's that's what i'd like to see within these next couple of years is just give me one you darvish shutdown performance against the astros then i think there should be no more talk about it but i don't think dodgers fans ever stop gloating or whining maybe both at the same time no, uh, you know, but as a fan with a team that has a high payroll, uh, I'm pretty used to it. So, but LJ, our guy, out, you know, probably one of the most well liked players in the league right now. Still, Miguel Cabrera tonight, he hit his 498th career home run. Uh, LJ, I mean, Initial reaction. Um, great for him. Again, he 110% deserves what is coming because, I mean, it looks very much like he's going to be able to get over that 500 home run mark at this point. He's only two away. Something catastrophic would have to happen at this point, I think, for him not to reach it. And that puts him in such elite company, and it's elite company that he deserves. There are only six players currently in MLB history with 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Uh, he, he, he easily fits alongside all of those names while I cannot remember them off the top of my head. He 100% deserves all the accolades that will be coming his way when he's retired. So this should just be another stone eyes mantle if i had to guess those names uh i'm gonna say i remember uh, some of them if you said it so let me all right uh, it's probably hank aaron a rod willie mays rafael palmero uh you say there's six uh hold on let me get that pulled up I'm pretty sure I can nail this trivia. Like, I've, I don't know. I yeah, there's six. Trivia yesterday. Okay, so. So, start from the beginning. Hank Aaron. Yes. Willie Mays. Yes. A-Rod. Yes. Rafael Palmero. Yes. Okay, now I need to think about who's up there. Two more. I don't think Babe Ruth had 3,000 hits. Okay, who had 500 runs? Um, did, did David Ortiz? No. Oh, Albert Pujols? Yes. Okay. Now one more. Is it an obvious one? I don't think so. Um, over 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. Geez, not a lot of guys have 3,000 hits. When did he play? Like, what era? Can, can you give me that? I can either give you era or I can give you team. It's your call. Ooh. No, era. 80s. Okay. And 90s, but – and uh, he, he played in three decades, but primarily his prime was 80s. Um, yeah, no way can Seiko. <laughs> I don't know. 
Mark Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, one of those two. Nope, it was Eddie Murray. Oh, okay, yeah. There's no way First I would have got of the Baltimore even Orioles. Even if you would have gave me the team, I would have guessed like I would have guessed Eric Davis or someone, even though I knew that he didn't have 500 home runs. Wow, Eddie Murray did have 500 home. That's an impressive career. That 504, 504 home runs, 3,255 hits. And it's pretty fitting because when you go to his similar batters uh, on his baseball reference, Miguel Cabrera is on that list. So, so love of course. That. Actually, the majority of that list, or at least, yeah, three of the four of the uh, members of that list or futures members of that list are on it. You know, he deserves it. Um, he didn't deserve the win, but either way, I mean, there's no better time to talk about this right than right now. This is easily the worst slide of the season, like by far. It's for the Red Sox. I mean, this has been, or would a rough stretch be an understatement? Yeah, LJ, you know, we the, the Yankees have had quite a few rough, rough stretches so far this year. And uh, I don't think the Red Sox have been that, this down bad for months. No, they haven't because, you know, well, that was the, the big thing is they had only lost three games in a row twice through the first that three, nice. <laughs> three and a half months of the season. So they really never went on a losing streak. But, I mean, I feel like everybody forgot this was coming. You know, you have a, you have a good, a, a very good team that was leading the division and you really start to think, oh, nothing bad's going to happen. We're so good. We're just going to wreck everybody. But let me remind you exactly what the, their teams, the teams they've had to face since coming off the All-Star break. I could even, I could even go back to the beginning of the month. Actually, I'll go back to the beginning of the month. Um, the A's, a <laughs> playoff team. Angels, not a playoff team. That's like the one exception through here. Phillies looking like they're going to be able to, they might win the NL East. We then go past the all-star break. You get the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Yankees again, the Blue Jays again, then the Rays, and then Detroit before going back into the Blue Jays and the Rays. So, I mean, I guess Toronto is probably the worst team overall that they've had to play over the past month. Fair, uh, but also, I mean, this this game tonight it seems like unacceptable. But even the even though the Tigers have been good, or no, not, no, no, good, I'm not, the I'm Tigers, not. The Tigers have overperformed. It seems like it's like all right, like we just had a rough stretch, but we're still way above water. Let's let's go to the Tigers and just kill them and. For whatever reason. Well, for well, for starters, Garrett Richards was on the mound tonight. So, I mean, the fact that we got out of this with a close game was a much better result than anything. My point wasn't to give them a pass because you can't mm. give a team a pass for a month straight. That's not how baseball works. But, I mean, for all of the Red Sox fans out there that – are acting like the sky is falling because of this losing streak because we're three and seven in the last 10 lost five straight and just have not performed well over the last month while performing this bad should never be expected. It shouldn't be accepted. We should have seen a rough month coming because this is a very, very challenging part of the schedule. And this is the this is an obvious section where you have to assume that they're going to regress more towards the mean when they start getting into a stretch where they can play Baltimore, Texas, Minnesota, Cleveland more consistently. That's going to get them a little bit of confidence going into the back end of this season. You're not going to have these nightly fights sooner rather than later. And that's going to make this team look more so more so like what they've looked like the rest of the season. 
Now, LJ, if you don't mind me asking, what is uh, Papa LJ's take on this cold streak right now? Um, Papa LJ is a little bit sky is falling, a little bit in denial because we haven't really watched much of it. We're, we're an Olympic family, so yeah, Olympics and Gold Cup have pretty much taken up all of our time over the last two weeks, so we have not gotten to watch most of the demise. How about that F1 race this weekend, huh? I didn't. I didn't get to see it. Um, I still haven't gotten a chance to watch it. But so watch. You should just watch the highlights. I mean, the uh, highlights pretty much sum up uh, about everything that could have happened. Oh yeah. I was it, everything I heard. It looked wild. It looked almost as wild as our next thing we got to talk about here, Brandon. I need a little breakdown on this. Luis Gill made his. First career start, his MLB debut for the New York Yankees tonight, pitched six scoreless innings. Brandon, can we get a little more details? LJ, the Yankees used three pitchers tonight. Their names, Luis Gill, making his major league debut. Next up, the Yankees bring in Steven Ridings. Who is this man? I don't know. Apparently, we signed him as a free agent in January, has been in AAA the whole year. He comes in, gets called up today because Jordan Montgomery goes on the IL as he has COVID now also. Oh, yeah, he called writings today. He comes in, and he's pumping 101. He's throwing 101 miles an hour, and we, we just had this guy sitting in AAA. You're telling me we've had Albert Abreu pitching when we could have had this guy pitching? I mean, he is throwing gas. And then we bring in, to close it out, the six inning, I mean, or excuse me, six out. I wish it was six innings because that's how good he was pitching. Brady Corner. Now, you might be asking, who the hell is Brady Corner? Well, LJ, he was the Yankees' 17th round draft pick in 2015, and he makes his major league debut tonight. It's hard to stay in a system as a 17th round draft pick for six years. All three Yankees players who pitched tonight make their major league debut combined to only allow one run on seven hits, but Luis Gill was the superstar of the night making his major league debut as a starter two or about uh i believe four weeks ago he was pitching in double a now he's pitching uh for a team that is trying to make a push towards the playoffs and this holiday season lexus wants you to remember nothing feels as good as making others feel good those so-called feel-good holiday films they can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Me and my mom were listening to the game on the radio, but I mean... It seemed like he was working pretty efficiently. They pull him with 88 pitches through six innings. Uh, not not that bad, really. And uh, he only walked one batter, struck out six, four hits, no earned runs. 
uh, a beautiful performance from him. And we're expecting a lot out of him in the future as he has been one of our top pitching prospects. Not really one of the guys that all the, you know, uh, scouts and websites have been very high on, but people within the Yankee system have been high on this guy for quite a while. And it's very nice to see him make a good debut. You can tell me if this is accurate. I only mean it partially joking. The Yankees are far more terrified of designating someone for assignment. They're far more afraid of the waiver wire than any other team in the MLB. Because granted, this is only one, this is only one game for each of these guys. This is only one appearance. But you asked the question yourself, why are we watching Albert Abreu, Brian Abreu, Bobby Abreu, whoever it was that the Yankees had up there. Why are we watching him pitch when we could have this guy that's absolutely shoving in his first relief appearance for this team? And just about every single time that anyone asks about a roster move for the Yankees, it feels like the front office's answer is we don't have any room on the 40-man roster because apparently there are 40 guys that are just so so valuable to the team and to the organization that they are completely immovable. Well, here's the funny part. I, I don't even think we have a full 40-man roster. For current oh, time. my Lord. No, but here's the better part. We called up all three of those pitchers today. Today, all three of them were called up. LJ, you know how the Yankees roll. They're all going down. <laughs> They're all going down. <laughs> They're all going down. Because, well, actually, the two guys in the bullpen are going to stay up, but I'm pretty sure we already sent down uh, Gill. Yeah, following tonight's game, the Yankees returned replacement player Luis Gill. Because he was a COVID replacement, it doesn't count on your 40-man roster. So that's why. And then we selected uh, Brody Corner and uh, Steven Ridings. They both got put onto the 40 man because, or no, actually, they were one was selected as a replacement player, but Brady Corner is now on Brody Corner. Jesus Christ. Uh, he's now on the 40 man roster. Uh, but I was like on Twitter, I was saying, why are these two guys up? And look, I proved myself wrong because they pitched good. But we have a guy. Davey Garcia is still in the minors, but he only has two options left. So it's like, oh, he's 22 years old, LJ. He imagine you forbid you use the options. <laughs> it's not like that's what they're there for. Nick Nick Nelson, who's pitched in the majors, pitched for us on opening day in extra innings. Apparently, he had that high of a leverage on the opening day roster where he could pitch the 10th inning. He hasn't seen the field really uh, since the opening month. He has three options left. Okay. So, and he's only 26. So that's what I don't understand. Brooks Krisky, who was already up. He, we already used Brooks Krisky's option. And look, I understand that he threw like a trillion wild pitches in that game that I was it was at. The, it, was it was the really single worst reliever performance I've seen in a very long time. However, the, the very night prior to that game, we used him in extra innings, and he, he shut the door. So it's well, I'm going to argue with that because the fact of the matter is, at that point in time, you had no one in your bullpen. He was the best of bad fair. options. Fair. And it proved to be the worst of all the bad options. So I can give them a pass there. Yeah, I don't know. The, especially when the Yankees, we just traded for two relievers also. We traded for Clay Holmes and Joely Rodriguez. And we just, I don't know. There's so many guys on the IL right now. It's its insane. But I, don't know. I just, I, I the way I look at it is there should always be room on a roster for a hot hand. There should always not be room for a cold hand that doesn't have the experience. And it feels like the Yankees have operated in the opposite way of that this year. Like again, six innings shut out from everything I heard. It was very good. 
I mean, I'm surprised we're not hearing this be the second coming of um, Andy Pettit, but all the I mean, WFAN call. Oh uh, yeah, all the uh, the WFAN callers are uh, saving it for tomorrow's uh, afternoon drive show. Yeah, and they're all going to be asking the same question I'm asking, and that's why is he down? Can we? I get highly doubt. I mean, again, we haven't heard any definite, but there there very well could be a fact the fact of. Garrett Cole might miss multiple starts. And yes, you can bring him back up because he's a COVID replacement and all that. But I feel like some of these guys that the Yankees have brought in, or certainly there's guys on this team, cough, cough, Greg Allen, that either deserve a 25-man or deserve a 40-man roster spot based on the way they've played on one level or another. And with the amount of times we've seen things not working for the Yankees this year, I have to question why haven't they tried more of these guys? Like, if things are really getting to be in a rough spot, just throw throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. No, I agree. I agree. I also think the the Red Sox, you guys had that one guy on your roster out of your bullpen. What was his name? Brandon Brennan or something? We... He pissed in a few games for you this year. We have struggled to fill out that last man in the road, in the bullpen. Um, speaking of which, good best of luck, best wishes to Brandon Workman. He got DFA'd this afternoon. Or Same with today. Sal Romano. Sal Romano, Brandon Workman. Brandon Workman has much better claim to best wishes than Sal Romano. The he big Sally. Come on. The big Sally. He got one big out. Brandon Workman had his fingerprints all over two World Series championships. So okay, <laughs> uh, I don't know about the 2013 World. What do you mean Series. he got in a bat in that se- World Series? That's amazing to me. <laughs> he got in that bat, and then basically here's what happened: he got in that bat, and then was on that team, and then basically wasn't heard from again until 2017. Spent most of that time in the minors. And then came up and so he was good sudden, enough to be on your world series team. But then for four years, it was like, no, nah. they sucked. And then all of a sudden he's good again. And then he becomes a closer and then he goes to Philly and sucks. Honestly, we were, we're eventually going to get into this. Um, once we wrap up this segment in a minute or two um, back to grading the 2019 deadline, as we did the 2020 last year or last, last night, um, speaking of which, we should probably owe an explanation for that. Um, so somehow, some way, our lovely hosting website, Spreaker, has failed us and only managed to post a third of our episode last night. We went for 106 minutes. There was only roughly 20 minutes of content. An on hour and six minutes. Hour six. Yeah, hour six minutes. And we had 20. Well, roughly 20 minutes on there so we apologize it was good content we talked more about how ridiculous the schedule was and then we just dove into a bunch of trades from 2020 so i believe we discussed brandon are we gonna throw that on a friday's episode i'm just gonna so lj's not gonna be here friday i'm just gonna i'm just gonna re-upload that entire show and i'll make sure that the entire show goes up and then that will be friday's episode i will uh cut out the you know the first part the part that's actually up and it'll just be uh that part of the show so that'll be friday's show and then we'll both be back at it uh on saturday okay yeah so again mlb every day um certainly new content then but anyway what we'll what we would have been talking about on friday um is the 2020 deadline that trade was terrible for philly we never got to talk about it last night but the Brandon Workman Heath Hembry deal that was supposed to fix their bullpen that only ended up going to blow up in their face that easily gets an F from their side. Yeah, uh, Heath Hembry, he's had some pretty high leverage situations this year. Uh, Heath, Heath Hembry has managed to find himself in being one of the better pitchers in a really bad situation for the past two years. Oh my God, 
Mookie Betts just made a crazy play at second base. I imagine. Also, can we don't make this sound like I'm being a World Series hater or not World Series Mookie Betts hater, but can we stop fawning over Mookie Betts anytime he plays second base? It's awesome. Oh my lord. It is an awesome play. And it's awesome to see him playing other positions, but it just drives me crazy because he played second base on multiple, multiple occasions for the Red Sox. We didn't like times, yeah. Yeah, we didn't multiple, 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 multiple. You get the picture. Yeah. Um we didn't like throw like this big parade for it. But every single time he plays second base in LA, they like start singing his praises and they all grab hands around the campfire and start swaying as they sing their Mookie Betts songs. And it's like, bro, you're so extra. I, you don't, I, I don't throw have... a parade when he would play second base. Are you sure? No, I'm pretty sure. What about it's not when, when Akike plays second? Do you, do you throw a parade when he plays second and center? We throw we throw a parade when Christian Arroyo plays first. That's when we throw a parade. <laughs> Those are the best five innings. Bobby. Of Bobby. Um, but anyway, on that Brandon Workman thing again, this is just it was it was shocking. So he goes from in twenty twenty. Where is twenty twenty stats? Yeah. So he starts twenty nineteen. He's got a one eight eight ERA in as the closer 16 saves that year then 2020 hits ended up with a 405 that's not right only six innings no actually that probably is right never mind yeah 405 but it was only six innings because of course the uh shortened season he looked he looked a lot better than that 122 era plus at the time for boston then goes and plays the majority of his season in philadelphia only manages to get one more save in twice as many innings for them with a 692 ERA. And this was the worst at the time, the worst bullpen in the modern era. So he just came in and got completely consumed by the culture. I just find that absolutely hilarious. But we are talking about the 2019 trade deadline today. We're going to give some grades to four of the biggest trades from that deadline. Again, I will kind of throw in these things. I'll throw out some trades to Brandon, see what he has to say. The first one, we're going to talk about the biggest one and the one that happened just, I mean, it was really an hour or two before the deadline. Another one of those, the prototypical late blockbuster move. And according to Jeff Pass, and of course we find it out to be true, but he broke the story. I did not do a good job of saying that. Zach Granke, starting pitcher of the Arizona Diamondbacks and six-time All-Star at the time, was sent to the Houston Astros in exchange for four minor league prospects. And that includes starting pitcher Corbin Martin, J.B. Bukakis, first baseman and outfielder Seth Beer, utility man Josh Rojas. Brandon, where would you like to start grading this? Well, I think prior to uh, grading it, it's important that we understand the context of this deal when you take into account his contract at that point. Uh, Prior to the 2016 season, he signed a six-year, $206.5 million contract, and uh, Arizona wanted to move on from that. So they trade him to Houston. Houston picks up that contract. So uh, I think it's important that we uh, first get that out of the way. Just know that Houston is taking on a lot of salary in this case. Uh, As for the players that the Astros had to give up, I mean, Arizona's not good right now. And those guys are on that roster. Uh, J.B. Bukowskis is in the middle of this Arizona bullpen, and he has an 8.27 ERA this year. Uh, Corbin Martin, is, I don't even think he's on the team. Where is Corbin Martin? He, 
he's on the Rangers, he, I think. He's somewhere. He is somewhere. I know that for a fact. And then Seth Beer was the other guy. He's yeah. been, I mean, he's been really good in the minor leagues. He's a good a minor league stats guy. Uh, also, Josh Rojas, like, uh, okay, he's he has an over 100 OPS plus this year, so he's been good, but this isn't nearly what... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You know, Zach Cranky and them, they made the World Series that year because they traded for him. They, the Astros make that 2019 World Series. Uh, and I just think that this is an absolute win for Houston, an absolute loss for, for Arizona. I, I'm not willing to call it a loss for Arizona. If I had to put grade letters on this, in terms of return, I think you have to give, I, I would be willing to give as high as a C minus for Arizona's return on this deal, because yeah. overall it achieved its purpose. You were in a tough situation to begin with. If you wanted Zach Rinke out of there, if you wanted to start this process of a rebuild, which they'd already started by letting a guy like Patrick Corbin walk, then you just, you got to get them out of there. The problem is not a lot of teams are going to want to take on that contract. Not a lot of teams are going to want to rid you of all of that money. So you were stuck with a lot of situations that weren't necessarily that great for you when it comes to what return you're going to get. So just to be able to get that return, any return for him and get him off the books, move on from him, was probably good because it wouldn't have been worthwhile to wait, sit on him any longer. As for, I'm on the fence here. I think I have to give it a B, maybe a B plus. Yeah, I'll give it a B for the Astros. I mean, I know, I understand what you mean by an absolute win. They did make the World Series because of this. Mind you, they didn't win a World Series. So I think you have to, you have to balance what we're seeing now yeah so I'm, I'm all right you have to balance what we're seeing now out of this overall organization's pitching depth balance that with what zach granke's done and balance that with zach granke's cost the contract cost of zach granke i'm not sure exactly what where the numbers lie i'm kind of spitballing this off the top of my head but if they hadn't made that move if zach granke wasn't on their books is there a chance we still see George Springer in a Houston Astros jersey? I'm not sure. I'm just throwing that out there that that's quite a bit of money. $26 million is quite a bit of money that could have gone towards a guy that made about 30 this year with the... Well, I got a better one than George Springer. How about Garrett Cole? Mm. Yep. My thing about Zach Ranke is that he pitches them into the seventh inning in game seven of the World Series only for his bullpen to blow it for him. I mean, six and a third, two hits, two earned runs in game seven of the World Series is a damn good performance for someone that you traded for at the trade deadline, whether you took on his contract or not. Absolutely. But again, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. And it's not me trying to say that Zan Greggy is a bad player, but I just feel like at this point in his career, at this point in the Astros period of like success, Zach Greinke is becoming more of a hindrance than he is a piece of good for that group. And I would be able to overlook that if they'd won the World Series, but the fact of the matter is they didn't. Fair. No. I, I think it's, I, in my opinion, I also think, the rule of thumb should always be if a team wins a World Series directly because of that player 
for that player being on the team and being a contributor, then the best, the worst you can ever do is it be a trade being a wash. You certainly cannot lose a trade if you win a World Series. Now, a question, because Zach Greinke, here's a guy who has thrown two over 200 innings in every year since 2017 and is on pace to do it again this year, more than likely. He leads the league in games started and has pitched above a 110 ERA plus the last two years. So it's like, I get what you mean, but he's also been a very solid contribution for them. Sure. Is he worth $30 million? No, he's not. But well, you can't deny that he's still a core of this, of this pitching staff. And without him, I'm not sure they would like Lance McCullers or Jake Odorizzi or Fran Rivaldez or whoever as their ace. Yes. I understand. I understand what you mean. I just feel that when it comes down to it, he isn't, he isn't a superstar ace. He's not a Cy Young contender. He does a great job. He is a great pitcher, but I would much rather be able to get, keep, retain an all-star, retain a Cy Young contender like we just talked about over having him on the roster. So as much good as he did, I certainly am not saying they lost the trade. I'm just saying I can't give this a glowing remark like an A when he's become such a hindrance to the team, his long-term plans, and overall their ability to get the maximum potential out of themselves. Well, all right. The second trade we're going to talk about is the Nick Castellanos trade, another deadline day deal as he got traded from the Detroit Tigers with some cash to the Chicago Cubs for Paul Rickan and Alex Lang. Uh, Yeah, LJ, I'll have you start here. Uh, uh, Also, one important context note, after this, after that year with the Cubs, he was a free agent, so, or, after 2019, he was a free agent. So this was a half-season rental deal here. This is probably terrible for me to say. This is e- easily a botched deal by the Chicago Cubs because did you really get that much closer to winning something here? Did you even – you didn't even make the CS – this year, you trade, granted you traded a whole lot of nothing, but you also didn't retain this great player that played great for you. So overall, by their own, by the virtue of their own stupidity and cheapness, I don't think I can give it more than a B minus. Just because he played so well for them, I just have to say, yeah, I, I think it's a B minus because overall, I don't think neither either of those prospects really hurt them not to have, but at the same time, his impact didn't equate to a lot of wins or losses and he did not stay around. They weren't able to retain him. So that really caps off where, how valuable his 1000 OPS for the team can be. Yeah, and not only did they not make the CS, LJ, they didn't even make the playoffs that year. I mean, they won 84 games. So an absolute failure. So sure, they do go out and they get a player who performs well for them. And look, with with all those teams making trades this year, there's going to be guys like Nick Castellanos in 2019 where they go out and they do perform well here in the second half it could be Starling Marte if the A's somehow don't make the playoffs like let's say the A's are unable to make the playoffs and he goes out and performs really really well this year but the A's don't make it and then he walks this offseason like that could easily happen and you can't really blame the A's that much but also it's like all right you were in line to make the playoffs you thought you could buy you do buy and you still are unable to get there it's very uh it's i would feel very uneasy as a franchise if i knew that we had to 
give up prospect capital in a buying mode and then unable to do anything with the guys we got in return after they were playing well. As for Detroit in this deal, I think I'm also going to give them a B minus because they got decent enough value out of a guy that really wasn't all that valuable for them. I mean, we're talking Nick Castellanos with Detroit in 2019 slashed 273, 328, 462 for a 790 OPS plus. That is his worst season since 2015 when he was 23 years old, his sophomore, his sophomore slump essentially. So, I mean, he was at an all-time low in terms of value, pretty much an average hitter at the time. I I can't blame him for um, leaving him. Certainly looking at what we know now, he's obviously worth more than Lang and Paul Ricken. But at the time, this is a, a good this is a good return for a team to get out of a average player, which is truly what he was playing like at that point in time. Lang has not performed up to expectations. I believe he has a six ERA in that Detroit bullpen now, but then again, he's still in Detroit. He's making some form of impact for the team. As for Rickon, still incredibly young, 24 years old in double a, he spent his entire minor league career with eight strikeouts per nine or more uh, all, all, all along his ERA has been solid enough as well, which isn't the biggest deal at the minor level, but still the numbers enough are solid. They could have a decent player in, in uh, Ricken at some point down the line. Well, all right. Uh, the next deal we're going to talk about is the Shane Green deal. Uh, another player getting traded from the Tigers as he gets dealt to the Atlanta Braves on deadline day for Joey Wentz and Travis Demerit. Uh, Shane Green's contract was up after the 2020 season, so this was another year-and-a-half uh, deal here. So the Braves had him – or excuse me, the, yeah, the Braves had him for the end of 2019 and all of the 2020 season, and then he re-signed there season so yeah from what everything i can see here this guy joey wentz who they traded away has still pitching in single a ball and he's 23 years old i mean he's on the tigers 40 man roster but he's pitching in single a so uh, you know i don't really know he he has an eight era down there so that's not the best. And then the other guy, Travis Demerit, uh, he hasn't played in the bigs in 2021. In the minors, he's at AAA right now. I mean, he has over 1,000 OPS. He's only 26. So maybe he's like a quadruple-A player at best, but really didn't play- give up that much. And to play devil's advocate, too, Really, the weaker point of the Detroit Tigers team this year has been their hitting, their lineup. So if this guy isn't able to, as a triple-A player, as a potential quadruple-A player, if he's not able to work himself into at least getting a look on this level, then there's something wrong. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh it just seems a bit strange to, you know, especially the Tigers. And, and you're right. They have not been the best hitting team. They're a little worse than average, but uh, for a team that's won a 52 games, certainly not the best offense uh, comparing those numbers. But look, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give the Braves uh, – uh, I don't know, a B plus because Shane Green had yeah. a really good 2020 season. Yeah. A minus maybe. I, I think B plus is probably the fairest assessment here because, you know, you didn't get a ton of great innings out of him in 2019. He hasn't been great in 2021, 
but to get a very strong, a 2.60 ERA out of this guy, out of the bullpen in 2020 for basically peanuts is great, especially seeing he was able to be on a team that contributed to getting all the way to being one win away from defeating the eventual World Series winners. So he certainly has had a significant impact when it comes to wins and losses. Overall, yeah, I think B-plus is probably the best way to go here. He also had really, really big, high, high leverage appearances in that playoff series against the Dodgers and performed very well in them. So uh, surely uh, positive for the Braves. Uh, all right. Do, I is believe that, that'll be all we've got for today. Well, all right. Uh, thank you all for listening once again uh, for the continued support. Be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. Play that trivia game on our Twitter every day. And thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow. Have a good one. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 